this is where we talk about learning, skilling and everything education. Welcome to the Tinkerbola show. Hi everyone, this week I have with me Sarvesh Srinivasan who is currently an administrator at the Gear Foundation which is a very very good school in Bangalore. Sarvesh has a lot of interests and he's done a bunch of interesting things in his life um, right from the time that he was 15 years old. So I'm really looking forward to this chat and I know that you will really enjoy this one as well. So happy listening. Okay, Sarvesh, welcome to the Tinkabola show. I'm so happy to have you uh, chat with you. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. It's an uh, absolute pleasure from my end to be on your show. Um, excited to our conversation that's about to unfold. Yep, absolutely. Same here. Um, so just for our listeners, so I've been interacting with Sarvesh now for, I think, nearly two months. Uh, first sort of got in touch with him on Twitter. We bonded over Tesla. <laughs> um, <laughs> and its potential uh, and then yeah and then one thing led to another and here um, I think first off Sarvesh I think it would be really cool if if uh, you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself uh, yeah sure definitely uh, yes it's, first of all it's great to get off the virtual medium in terms of uh, Twitter and to actually have a conversation with you. It was Twitter, then email, and then finally this uh, conversation. So yeah. the first time actually I'm in conversation with you. Yes. But um, yeah, my background in terms of um, where I've been, I basically was uh, technically born in Bangalore, but then I grew up and I was raised in Salala, Oman because that's where my uh, dad was working at that time. And then uh, I was there till 1995. So I did my schooling, everything over there. Luckily, there was there was a school, uh, I think it's called Indian School of Salala. So it, it was filled with Indians. It was not like I was studying with Arabs. So then after that in 1995, when I came here, we, um, I started school in, actually my, my father came back to India to actually set up a school, so that was his dream and that was his whole life mission. And then I was in the school that he had set up in 95 for about one or two years. And at that time, since it was just starting and he was a, like a first time entrepreneur and setting up a school, the number of children in my class at that age was like hardly I think three or four so then decided okay pull me out and I went to Sishugura to complete my schooling and I came back to my father's school in the last two years so my ninth and tenth I think I finished there so I've been all over the place I used to travel from uh, BTM layout all the way to Indranagar via BTS bus at that point in time so it, just I learned Kannada that conversing with the conductors and drivers of the buses and they knew me. Um, so that was a fun time. Yeah. And then 
I uh, completed my uh, pre-university from uh, Kumarans. Okay. Uh, which I took up uh, computer science. I was just interested in science, so there's no real specific reason as to I want to do this. I want to do that at the time. Uh, I was really interested in uh, energy and uh, what's a cars and renewables and environment at that point in time i had done quite a couple of courses in in the environment and connected to sustainability at that point in time yeah I was, I was pretty keen on doing something connected to energy research mm-hmm. so by the time i wrote my what do you say my cet and je and all of that i wrote all engineering degrees uh, entrance tests i um yeah at that point in time i think i my parents sort of guided me to because i was a bit confused like all most people would be mm. as to what paths to take and what course to select once you've finished and done with all of your your uh, basic education so then they reminded me of my time in childhood where i would just stand at construction sites and watch the uh, the the work happening watch watch the excavators watch the con- concrete machines watch the form work going up and so okay yeah. you used to just stand there for hours and just watch would you want to look at that and my love with lego and building stuff so then i seriously started considering that option mm-hmm. where i saw architecture as an opportunity where it combined science as well as art in a very let's say balanced way yeah so also didn't it really helped that i had a really good rank in the ct test where i got a seat in rv mm-hmm. so yeah so i joined rv and i completed my architecture there and um, yeah i met my wife also my wife at that time future wife also there so we were just classmates yeah and um, yeah that's been my journey and then in between i've dabbled with finance because in between the grade 10 and 12 my dad sent me off and said if you interested in this you go just intern or work in a broker's office he yeah. said even if you go and just serve tea or make photocopies spend your time there and and uh, just absorb so i did that it got me interested so by the time i was 18 when i was legally able to start investing whatever i saved pocket money i lived in the hostel so whatever pocket money i was able to save it went into just picking up few shares here and there so that's got me also interested into finance and management and all of that and part of architecture we had to do an internship for about um one semester so i i spent that time in oroville which is a city of pondicherry in uh, tamil nadu it's an experiment an international city which is an experiment into a uh, community living and things like that where they really have no boundaries in terms of what they can do in terms of exploring society exploring technology exploring building science all of that so i spent some time there which is also good in terms of giving me the exposure towards what 
people are experimenting with and uh, another diverse thing was since i was in the hostel in college i used to interact with all the other hostelites at that time which are basically all engineering graduates it was only me and another two roommates or three roommates who were only architecture amongst everybody else were engineering and uh, there was a team building a formula style race car at that point and um, my roommate was really into it he was part of the team for the first couple of months and then i slowly also graduated into it and being from architecture we both were like working on the sponsorship marketing uh, presentation of the team building the reports all of that for the events yeah. raising money communicating with sponsors so and that we were the first team representing india at the event in melbourne i think in 2005 or 6 if i'm not mistaken yeah so that was the first time we actually took a car shipped it across the world built it over there and yeah that and till now the team's called ashwa racing and it's still in existence and they still send now i think they participate in events in italy and germany yeah. no longer go to australia so yeah so it's been like a diverse range of experiences and yeah. exposure i would say yeah definitely yeah. it actually does sound <laughs> very very varied and um yeah so one question as you were talking that came to mind was you know you've done and you use the word yourself um you've done loads of experiments right you've dabbled in lots of different things uh and that you know probably has led to a very good um and rounded sense of self in terms of what you want to do and what you enjoy doing um so you know now as as an administrator in in the field of education um you know what, what what would you advise so i know i know it's very cliche to ask about what you would advise a young person so i'm <laughs> not going to ask you that okay yeah. um what i would really love to hear is how would you speak to um the parents of you know let's say a 13 or a 15 or a 17 year old and tell them or give them um ideas on how they could guide their own children um i i don't think it'd be very different from what i would tell the children itself okay. is basically i would reinforce to the parents that do not try and uh, what is it transform or transmit your preconceived notions of what the future lies ahead on your child just give them the opportunities and abilities to form a strong base and reasoning and thinking for them to make decisions for their own life and expo- make make the choices available to them because if at from a young age if we are the if parents as parents as adults if we keep making choices for the children by the time they reach a point where they need to start stepping up and making choices they would not know how to do it so it starts from the little things exactly. when you are small like what clothes to wear to what food you want to eat or things like that so they need to start understanding the realities of life in these small instances instead of pampering and making it easy in terms of i have kept these clothes out for you or 
what food you want only for you you will get a special dish made things like that is not how the real world works yeah so start from that point equipping or enabling a child to be able to be confident of decisions they take Mm-hmm. and giving them that exposure to understand the consequences of each decision so if like start from a simple thing i want permission to go spend this money on a movie or something like that yeah so you can give them okay you want to do this or you want to do that what uh, why will you do that have them understand and and weigh the pros and cons of each to make the decision so we start there by the time they're at the stage where they're 16 18 or even 14 you can talk to them and say okay what are you passionate about what do you like doing yeah mm, so they don't get caught up in this whole peer pressure of everyone is going into this field or oh, school even i want to do it my best friend is going to this college i want to get into this college so it's trying to encourage every child to be an independent thinker yeah Yeah so that would be the message to yeah, parents primarily that is a, a great message i totally am on board with that line of thought um in fact you know i i often hear people uh, speak and this is something that's spoken of in the media as well you know where a lot of employers say you know some of the graduates we hire um simply do not have that confidence to take decisions you know because they've never done it uh they've never been given that opportunity to do it whether be at home or at school um and they've sort of just been guided along their journey throughout and all of a sudden they're 22 23 working at a big company and you know they need to make those calls and uh, you know yeah so very very pertinent point there and um you know le- leading on from that i think uh you know just in terms of where uh the future of work is headed and careers and stuff what are your thoughts on um you know what young people should look for uh when deciding on what they want to do um not for life because i don't think any of us does anything for life anymore but you know in the first true of their career how do, how how would a young person optimize for their choices i think what any youngster should do in the first few years of their life is focus on their understand what their priorities are what their no non negotiables are because mm. that will vary from person to person yeah. so one person's non negotiable can be okay i want to get out of this system and do something on my own so irrespective of what it is that if that satisfies this non negotiable it would be the optimal choice or if my non negotiable is i want to be able to grow in this field or uh, get as much experience as possible to be able to do something better in the future you focus on okay which opportunity gives me the best experience or the best workspace to work in or the non negotiable will be okay i need to uh, earn this much of money by next 3 years hmm. can be for many reasons family or uh, your own desires whatever it may be but you should be clear on what your non negotiables are to be 
to decide as from my experience i would always say focus on the experience focus on the learning the opportunity to grow in the initial years and later on you can focus on anything else you need because once you've got that foundation of an exposure and experience to grow yourself in a challenging environment that itself will be able to open up a lot of doors for you in the future so yeah that could be it but it depends from person to person what they need at that point in time so it's not like a blanket statement true yeah that's definitely um you know something that i i don't think i was ever told that when i was starting off on my career i was very much driven by by you know what my friends were doing what other people at my university were up to um and it was like a bubble you know uh, and the bubble was uh, sort of manufactured in a way as to obviously promote the students aims as well because that is part of the reason why universities exist but there was also an underhand uh part played by the university because they wanted to look a certain way right uh, so to be able to tell the world yes. that hey, our graduates work at x y and z have gone through and uh, so i only realized this probably when i was 3 or 4 years into into work um in my mid 20s that you know there's so much that was on offer and i was just blinded to it you know um yeah so it's um it's really interesting because you you almost sort of need to take your blinkers off um sort of when you're just about in university and see what all is possible um and someone needs to tell you that at that time because otherwise yes. you yeah because yeah the everybody around us is in that same journey and also if you look back it is primarily because we are generally the products of the first generation of parents who are able to settle down and have a good life compared to their parents yeah so this first generation wants the future generation not to go through the struggles that they have seen or they have gone through and in turn try to make it as easy or as as comfortable as possible but in in return it in the long run eventually does damage or does uh kind of do some harm to each and every individual because in the real world parents are not always going to be there yeah so you need to bring out that individuality and that and that self preservation kind of a instinct that is there in us too late but it it just takes a bit more longer in the current situation but yeah so that's the reason why we will be a bit more aware of what's happening around and not just like you said have blinkers on and follow what everyone else is doing just yep. because everyone else is writing the uh, getting into iits get into the iits everyone's going to iims go again to iims with not without any real understanding of what it's going to do or where you want to go yeah exactly and you know given what's happening nowadays you know with all of us sort of forcibly having to educate ourselves at home or to provide the education from home depending on whether you're a student or a teacher 
um, you know, what I am seeing is, you know, there is a clear sort of push by all of these massive ed tech companies to really get in front of you and to sell you that product. Uh, and it's almost, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to a parent the other day and um, a lot of these companies, I'm not going to take names, but what they are, <laughs> or what they have become experts at over the last seven, eight months is, um, you know, is selling an aspiration, which is very generic, but makes most people or most parents feel that if they don't enroll their child, their child might miss out on something, you know? Yeah, and they're just playing on parents' emotions and trying to maximize their revenue in terms of uh, bottom line for their future equity raises and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's become very a very numbers game and it's, I don't know, hopefully parents don't fall into the trap too too much but yeah that's a sad state of affairs in terms of people trying to uh, look at this opportunity as a lucrative once in a lifetime opportunity to try and increase their net worth or value of the company yep and yeah it's it's the whole fear of missing out factor that's driving the market yep Exactly. And you don't need to sit and focus on those particular skills that at the age of three and four and five. Yeah. And most of the ads are really misleading. Exactly. So I would just recommend parents to just do a bit more research before they commit any money to anything and uh, not fall for marketing gimmicks. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I've heard of people from you know, from within my own circles who've sort of gone in for stuff and gone in blind and come out very, very disappointed. And, um, you know, it's kind of like once bitten, twice shy sort of thing. Um, but yeah, True. but, you know, given, given everything has moved online now, what I am seeing is, you know, there's a bit of fatigue setting in now. Initially, there was a bit of novelty associated with this whole thing. You know, children were pretty yes. excited to get on Zoom and to see their friends. It was mostly about seeing their <laughs> friends and, you know, just socializing a bit. Yes, interacting with them. And and now, obviously, that novelty is long gone. <laughs> so how, how <laughs> as, yeah. you know, as, as sort of uh, a leader of an institution, how are you looking at, at ways in terms of, you know, just just keeping the interest going? Uh, given that there is so much uncertainty around in terms of when we will be able to get back to physical school. Um, keeping interest going primarily would be in, this is technically still the only platform where they can interact with their classmates and their friends and using that as an opportunity to get, keep them interested. So there are a few other mentors in the school who, allocate the first five, 10 minutes of their sessions for everyone to just to catch up, gossip, chit chat, yeah, and then start the lesson. So it gives them that whole excitement. Okay, I can go and discuss this and share this and do that. Exactly. And we try and do still have our basic celebrations online. 
like we have diwali coming up so we do have programs we just split up into grade wise so it's easier to manage so they still look forward to that we do have we try and keep those aspects of the school alive that brings brings the community together yeah to give it that that to try and get over that fatigue but i would say more than fatigue for children joining class because they like to escape out of their homes and interact with their friends and teachers yeah and engage in discussions it's i think fatigue is on all the adults because yeah. adults are right now tired of following the protocol following masks staying at home taking care of all the chores it's just a fatigue setting in and letting go of the basics that is helping us stay together as a as a community so yeah that is where we just need constant reiteration and saying okay we're doing this for this reason and we need to keep at it and we can't let go of the the goal or the intent and just stay at it there's no other option like we have um festivals coming up it's very difficult for families not to get together and celebrate but it is something needed to be done because it's not like just because the lockdowns over everything is fine and everything's back to normal it's not we still have cases much more larger than when it was in march exactly so that has to be there in everyone's mind and not look at it as this is something i have to do i don't know why we're doing it i don't want to do it just need to accept it yeah exactly yeah that is i think that's so good. i think that way the children have taken it up much more better exactly they're, they're more resilient more, yeah they've adapted really well and really quickly um and yeah it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty sort of interesting to see how you know as we grow older we you know we we think we've sort of gone through hopes to get to where we are and have achieved a lot uh but somewhere we've lost our ability to to really just buckle down and adapt to the new situations um you know whereas children are a lot yes. more open minded that way so they're just like oh okay this is what i need to do fine i'll do it this way you know yeah so yeah definitely yeah it's very easy for them when they they're clear on the intent as long as they're clear on the intent it's like piece of cake yeah exactly but if you're just doing it for the sake of it because someone is telling you to do it then that's where the issue lies you will do it for a few days and then you let go yeah that's that's where the intrinsic motivation comes in true yeah yeah all right i think sarvesh just to sort of wrap up i think everyone would love to hear your thoughts on um this one topic that uh that i've been hearing a lot from parents not only parents of of you know um the schools that i'm familiar with but also of you know people i just meet randomly uh like within my building etc uh which is that you know there a lot of them are thinking or rethinking school now 
you know they've seen how learning can happen uh, and happen well even without a child going to school um and a lot of them ask me you know whenever we do get back to school don't you think there'll be sort of quite a, a big paradigm shift in in how we actually do school you know and that could involve anything from not having to go five days a week um to you know doing redoing the structure of school where you know you go to school only with a certain objective in mind which is to work on projects and to build things as opposed to going in for classes uh, and there's a lot of these sort of thoughts coming up and you know parents just rethinking especially for the more expensive schools that hey do i really want to pay 5 7 8 lakhs a year uh when my child is just sitting at home you know it just does not make any sense whatsoever so what are your thoughts on that i mean do you think schools will change even once we get back to physical school in terms of how they do things um should they change how do you think things will pan out um hirain i think there are lots of aspects to this uh, thought uh, that schools definitely having experiences will have to change in terms of based on how they have dealt with this whole Uh, moving online especially schools that have had no experience of doing anything online and have been put into this situation it's time for them to wake up and get moving into this direction because they would have really suffered and been in a very difficult position in these past 6 7 months to have those kind of schools which will have to adapt and start utilizing what, some of the resources that is there out in the world then you'll have you will have basic changes in terms of um for let's say the higher grades in terms of visiting school for maybe just clearing doubts or revision or at the fag end of the of the final years where you have special classes or revision classes things like that or if you know you need more one on one kind of attention and smaller groups we could make use of technology at that point in time so i would say this has opened up a lot of possibilities that can be done to enhance schooling but in no way does it say schools are not going to exist that is a completely different paradigm which i don't believe will happen because few people have said ah anyway everything is going online schools as a as an institution is not needed which mm. i don't think is at all possible especially yeah. for the younger children because the younger children need that space need that interaction need the exactly. the social scenario and setting and space so that's not going anywhere what would change is the approach maybe in certain aspects but in the higher grades let's say even universities that is something where maybe there can be more uh, more movement towards online classes Yeah. because you have people going for university spending a lot of money and attending maybe two three classes a day and rest of the time spending in the library so courses like that you don't have to shell out a huge amount of money to go to a foreign country and sit in the library you can do it very well from your from your home yeah so that that is where i would say a, a paradigm shift would happen 
but in schools it will be your slight a slight i would say adaptation or movement towards making it a bit more effective and better for the children's experience yeah so yeah that's what would i would say uh, but schools i don't think would can go anywhere because that is definitely needed and schooling approach as a whole changing i would say yes definitely has to change from where it has been all these years and that i would say sits in the framework of the nep that has come out hmm. like the intent of what the nep shares is great but the implementation that is going to be challenging so if we just take the intent of what the nep is sharing in terms of how to approach what to approach and what is the objective of schooling and yeah. start applying that that would be a great start yeah there is no longer need to focus on remembering and just factual information just to regurgitate it for an written exam it's all about understanding application conquer understanding to be able to build upon it in the future there's exactly. no point just learning something for the exam and then tomorrow if you want to apply it somewhere you have no clue how to do it so the entire thing is then just becomes a sham and then we'll end up like you shared earlier we'll have people graduates who are not employable because we need the future is only going to be our people solving problems yeah because the basic mundane operations is going to be taken over by technology exactly what technology can't do is think and apply they can technology can repeat things very well mm so yeah yeah so we need to build the next generation capable for that yeah that's a very very valid point um a lot of there's obviously a lot of talk on social media and everywhere about you know oh so many jobs are going to be taken over by technology and stuff but you know at the same time if a lot of repetitive mundane work is taken over by technology then you know hopefully the economies will evolve to transition into creating jobs where more application is needed because all of that human thinking and doing will have been freed up and you know hopefully can then exactly. be exactly <clears throat> yeah that's a very very interesting um something that you know will be very interesting to watch as it plays out and um so sarvesh i always wrap up my podcast with like one big question um and okay that is um what are you looking to achieve in the field of education okay <laughs> not a big um, broad question but we'd love to hear what yes what you're trying to do in the next 5 10 20 years say looking to achieve in the field of education would be uh primarily to set up an oasis of an institution that showcases that yes an approach where we focus on thinking in application and experiencing art and culture and everything around and not just focusing on your textbook knowledge is the way forward and can generate huge results 
is i think has been this the mission of the school for the past 25 years because that's how it was set up in 1995 yeah. is to with the belief that every child is gifted and it's left upon us to harness that potential and showcase that so to be able to have the a really true working model that can be showcased and inspire others to do the same i would say that would be the change because we as a small school in a, in a city like bangalore can touch only about maybe a thousand lives but yeah. then if that whole approach and ethos and understanding is embodied and it inspires others to do the same across the country you we would find a revolution which is absolutely needed in the field of education so i would say if the whole goal is to show that yes we can do this and it doesn't have to be called alternative or experimental which we were called when we started yeah but it is a mainstream school a mainstream idea can have this and you don't have to have your nose always in your books yeah. to achieve these results true so yeah i would say yeah just in just changing that mindset for a generation across the nation yeah that's very well said um extremely pertinent uh with where the world is headed and i can only wish you luck with that sarvesh good luck thank you so much and with you yeah, like mind people like you i think it is definitely possible yeah definitely i i look forward to you know seeing how how your journey progresses and exchanging notes more often so yeah it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here thank you so much thank you for having me it's been a pleasure i hope i've been able to add value and um have your listeners ponder about some things yeah i think we've definitely spoken about stuff that you know makes one think so i'm i'm sure we'll uh, we'll get some good feedback on this thanks sarvesh thank you so much ryan been a pleasure